podcasts of Joe Walsh and Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Uh, NATO Secretary General Jan Stoltenberg was on Fox News Sunday. And uh, I was asked uh, what Trump's impact has been on the NATO alliance. You know, because uh, according to Eric Swalwell, Democrat candidate for president, congressman from California, oh, yeah. and others, Adam Schiff, Trump is a Russian agent. He's the Manchurian candidate, Putin's Manchurian candidate. So uh, what does Stoltenberg think about uh, Trump's impact on the security, the collective security of Western nations? So President Trump has been very clear. He is committed uh, to NATO. He stated that clearly just a few days ago, and he did so also at the NATO summit uh, in uh, July. But at the same time, he has clearly stated that uh, NATO allies need to invest more. And therefore, at the summit in July uh, last year, we agreed to uh, do more, to step up. And now we see the uh, results. Uh, uh, By the end of next year, NATO allies uh, will add uh, $100 extra U.S. dollars for uh, defense. So we see some real money and some real results, and we see uh, that a clear message from President uh, Trump is having an impact. Uh, NATO allies have heard the president loud and clear, and now NATO allies are stepping up. So this is good news, uh, meaning that we actually see more uh, fair burden sharing. What? (laughs) Wait a second. NATO is a bulwark against Putin's revanchism. And Trump's tough line with NATO allies has generated $100 billion in contributions to NATO, and uh, including his recommitment to NATO, as Stoltenberg mentioned. So it's all been good? Huh? <laughs> what? Uh, how about in Venezuela? How's that going? With the uh, installation, at least in part, of Juan Guaido, and uh, the sort of slow motion deposing of Marxist Maduro after he and his predecessor, Hugo Chavez, have destroyed, destroyed Venezuela. Writing in the Wall Street Journal, Mary uh, Anastasia O'Grady writes, not since the fall of the Soviet Empire, as a nation risen with such fury and determination to throw off the yoke of socialism. And not since, the, not since then has Marxist misery been so clear for all the world to see. Venezuelans are experiencing what millions of Russians, Chinese, Cubans, and countless others have suffered. Destitute and angry, they want it to end. And she points out how, how ironic it is that so many Democrat socialists in this country would have us travel the same road to serfdom that Chavez and Maduro put the Venezuelans on. Hmm. Oh, and by the way, the Trump administration recognizing the Guaido government and encouraging Western nations to do the same. The tool of Putin. Curious business. More on both of these topics. We're pleased to be joined by Cliff May, president of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. Cliff, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. It's good to be with you. How about the importance of uh, regime change in Venezuela? It's very important. It's not, a, it's not an accomplished fact yet. There are some Russian mercenaries going there. The Cubans will do what they can, very likely the Iranians as well. They're not giving up easily on, on this. Um, they have found Maduro and before that Chavez to be 
uh, very good friends of theirs. And so it's very instructive to see which, which countries around the world um, are trying to make sure that the Venezuelan people remain poor and oppressed. And you've had, uh, I mean, it's worth noting, led by the U.S., some 20 other Western democracies, uh, 11 countries in Latin America, all recognizing the Guaido government, the U.S. promising Guaido $20 million in humanitarian assistance for starters. That, listen, that will be encouraging. If he, can, if he can manage to take over, if he can manage to get Maduro to go into retirement, then a, a process of rebuilding Venezuela can begin. It's going to take a long time. It's not going to be easy considering how much destruction has occurred in that country under socialism uh, over the past few number of years. But the sooner it begins, the better. What about the comments from uh, NATO Secretary General Stoltenberg about uh, Trump's impact on the, the NATO alliance? Uh, he, listen, he's, he's quite right. Trump has d- demanded, in a way that other presidents have not, that NATO begin to uh, begin to make NATO nations begin to burden share and not simply rely on the U.S. Now, spending more money, that's an important part of it. That's not enough at the end of the day. It's not how much money you spend because money can be spent badly. I think we all know that. You want to see readiness out of NATO. You want to see tanks that can roll. You want to see planes that can fly. And by the way, the other thing you want to see is Angela Merkel um, deciding not to go ahead with Nord Stream 2, which is a pipeline project that will make Germany more than ever dependent on Russia for energy. Um, you don't have a NATO alliance to protect yourself from, from Russia while becoming more dependent on Russia. That's bad policy. It's bad for NATO. It's bad for the EU. It's bad for the American alliances with Europe. I wanted to ask you about the uh, shutdown for what President Trump caving to the Democratic Party, I, I think, and uh, ending or having a three-week, um, what, what do you, um, about a loss for it? Stopgap funding. Stopgap funding, yeah. yeah, excuse me. Um, what do you think this means for President Trump and for President Trump in 2020? Well, look, I don't think this, the, the shutdown strategy, if that's what it was, <coughs> can be considered a success. I think he needs to change the conversation back to what it, to what it should be, which is are we going to have bore, uh, a secure border or are we not? Are we going to allow um, people to come into this country and demand lawyers, food, housing, education, uh, health care, and everything – by the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands because we refuse to, to secure our border and also allow those borders to be used by criminals, by gangs, uh, by terrorists if they want to. Once it's clear that our borders are open and they're not, they're not secure and they're not going to be secure, that's an opportunity for all sorts of nefarious actors, and I think you have to figure they, they will do it. Now, that's the debate we need to have. Are we going to support? For years and years, Congress has refused to pass just commonsensical uh, laws to secure our borders. You cannot just have everybody come in and say, hey, you know what, give me a lawyer, give me a court date, and by the way, if that court date is nine months out, thanks very much, maybe I'll see you, maybe I won't. That's the, that's the system we have right now, and it's a failure, and it's an embarrassment, and it needs to change, and I think the president is right to want to change it, but Congress has to do its part. It requires laws. The president can't do it on his own. Right now, Congress and particularly the Democrats, have been unwilling to even have a, a serious discussion about the need for border security. Uh, you uh, have a piece that you uh, 
penned recently, The Age of Neo-Imperialism, and you uh, talk about the expansionist interests of China, Russia, and Iran, uh, all of whom, uh, by the way, Howard Schultz said yesterday in 60 Minutes, well, China in particular, uh, not Russia and Iran. China is one of our friends. We shouldn't be fighting with China. Uh, China, Russia, Iran, their expansionist uh, desires. Uh, So thinking about that neo-imperialism you're describing, is Trump's geopolitical strategy of principled realism uh, and troop drawdowns in places like Syria and Afghanistan, is that a proper response to those expansionist interests? You know, the national defense strategy, um, I think, is very clear, understanding who our adversaries are long-term and short-term, understanding who are the revisionist uh, actors out there, China and Russia in particular, who are the um, the rogue actors out there, Iran and, and North Korea in particular, and also that we have these non-state actors who want to reestablish caliphates and empires. Um, so I think that I think it's there on paper. It's not there uh, in terms of practice at this point. Um, and the national defense strategy. There was a commission uh, that examined it um, actually on noon today, our time here in Washington, on C-SPAN FDD, the organization I run. We'll have a, a, a very interesting discussion on this with an admiral and a former ambassador and others. Uh, we're, we're not where we should be in terms of uh, we're better than we've been um, rhetorically. In terms of practice, no, we are not at this point making sure that those who want to establish empires hostile to the United States, hostile to freedom, uh, are curbed. We're not doing that yet. He is Cliff Mays, the president of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies. Cliff, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. The more you listen, the more you listen, the more you'll know. This is Chicago's morning answer. Morning answer on AM560. The answer.